Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local, it's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good Monday morning to you. It is the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler today alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. Maybe you're having a little bit of trouble waking up on a Friday. Well, not a Friday. On a Monday morning here. I'm all thrown off, dude. I really am. You need help waking up on a Monday. Let me help wake you up. I wake up to go to scrub a da up. I want to join the scrub a dub scrub club. Wash your car every day if you want. It's one low price starting at $13 per month. Scrub a dub club. I want to go to Scrub-A-Dub to join the Scrub-A-Dub Scrub Club. Hard to say, easy to use. Sign up at Scrub-A-Dub. Dup is, I want to join the Scrub-A-Dub Scrub Club. Hard to say, easy to use. Wash your car every day if you want. One low price starting at $13 a month. As you heard so beautifully from the one and only Tim Shea, this portion of the show is brought to you by Scrub It Up and Scrub It Up Scrub Club. It's hard to say, but it's easy to use. Wash your car every day if you choose one low price starting at $13 a month. Scrub It Up Scrub Club at any local Scrub It Up location. Sign up at scrubitup.biz. The Green Bay Packers... Got their preseason underway on Friday. They lost to the 49ers again. Who cares about results in preseason? But Jordan Love gets out on the field. What are your thoughts on him? I think his overall performance was eh. 
I don't know that there's anything that got me real excited from him. Looks more commanding of the offense. Looks more ready to go in terms of if he gets out on the field, it looks like he could actually be, I don't know, a little more competent than he's been in the past two years. But still, I mean, I don't know that there was a whole lot out there that makes me think, yeah, he's got to be the guy. So what were your takeaways from the game? 414-677-1250, because, again, I think the couple of takeaways that I had from the game, just as general overview thoughts, Romeo Dobbs, I think he looked good. I thought that we had heard plenty about him in training camp. We'd heard plenty about him from the people in Green Bay saying how good he looked, and it was something to watch is 87 going to be as good as he's made out to be? I think he was. I think he lived up to those lofty expectations as a guy that's going to come in and be someone for this offense in year one. I think he's going to be able to help out the Packers right away. I'm interested to see what he would look like with Aaron Rodgers. There were some things that were a little bit, just a little bit off. thought it was interesting. I saw something from, from Dan Orlovsky breaking down some of the film there and someone that's going to understand a little bit better than me. He was talking about how he stacks the receiver and where Rodgers is going to want to put the ball. And if they communicate, it might change how the route is run. And it ended up in an incompletion from Jordan Love. But is that something that if they work together and they figure out that chemistry, then you could see them hit a deep pass down the right sideline like he was open for there? Maybe. So it's something to monitor. I'm so interested to see what he looks like again this week. And the thing to be that's interesting this week is now you have some joint practices. What's he going to look like if he goes up against Marshawn Lattimore? Because he's a legit number one corner. He's in that same conversation with Jair Alexander. I think Jair's the best, but either way, still a really, really solid corner. What's he going to look like? Is he going to be someone that can still go up against these top guys, or is it something where he looks good against those twos and threes and fours as opposed to that number one shutdown type corner? And, you know, not like all these guys look spectacular against shutdown corners, but what's he going to look like? So that's something to keep an eye on this week in Green Bay. I'm excited to see what they can do. I really am. I think that overall with Romeo Dubs in this offense, and if he can be a guy, I think it opens up so much more because then – Watson doesn't necessarily have the pressure to come in and step in and be that guy right away, and he can kind of evolve into what he needs to be. And if you give him time to develop, I think that he has just as much talent as anyone in this draft, literally anyone, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, any of those guys. I think he has just as much talent as any of them. So why wouldn't he have a shot if he gets in here and gets some time why wouldn't he have a shot to be someone that's really special for this offense? So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Amari Rogers, I thought, looked better. I thought he looked more swift, looked more like what you saw in college, dropped a little bit of weight during the offseason. Guys wanted him to, or he thought that teams might want him to play running back, so he beefed up last year, and I think that might have been the wrong decision for him and he gets drafted by the Packers and now it ends up that he drops some weight and looks a little bit better. So I think that might end up being 
the way that they go from now on. Then you th- look about Jordan Love. I thought he had an up-and-down day, looked more confident. Throws were all right. I think ball placement needs to be worked on a little bit. But I thought he took some of the easier layup throws, and I thought he looked like he was in more command of the offense. So I, I don't know. I, I think he was okay. And then the last one we didn't get to talk about a little bit earlier, I thought Danny Davis looked good. I thought Danny Davis looked like someone. I don't know that he's going to make the roster, but he's going to be someone that's going to be pretty tough to cut. Made a nice play on the touchdown grab. Looks like a solid wide receiver. I saw that him and Kendrick Pryor both were playing well. So, I mean, good for some Wisconsin receivers there. Maybe that they can end up being some guys in the NFL. I don't know that either of them make the 53-man roster for their squad, but maybe it's something that they can sit on a practice squad and develop. I mean, I, there's definitely a chance for those guys to have a have a chance to, I don't know, maybe get on a team eventually and be something for them. And, I mean, that doesn't make you feel good about Graham Mertz. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. If these guys are going to look good in the NFL and they weren't able to do a whole lot, it shows you that they had NFL-caliber wide receivers for Graham Mertz, and he couldn't do a whole lot with it. So, I mean, it doesn't make you feel great about them. But what were some of your takeaways from the preseason game? What are your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers? Again, 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 AM, The Fan. I think the biggest news from the weekend for the Packers wasn't the preseason game, but it was what you learned yesterday. Elton Jenkins, Robert Tunyon, Christian Watson, all off the PUP list. That is huge for the Green Bay Packers. Huge. You know, I think that overall, this team has big question marks on that offensive side. And I don't know that Watson necessarily falls in this category yet because of Dubs' emergence. These guys might be the answer to a lot of the questions on that offensive side of the ball, those three in particular. Watson will eventually have to play a role for this football team because of where he was drafted. But Jenkins, how much does he help that offensive line? A ton. A ton. You can shift him all over the place. And who knows if he's ready to go week one, but week one, week two, week three, he's going to be out there towards the beginning of the season. So that's going to give you hope that he can get out there and help that offensive line. And again, I don't know that I've had huge question marks about this offensive line. I thought overall, on paper, maybe they're not as solid as you'd like them to be, but I thought that they would have a chance to be, kind of like they were last year, a solid overall unit that maybe doesn't have the top-tier talent anymore because you think of David Bakhtiari being out and all that. I think that they're going to be a really solid team and I'm excited to see what they can do up front. John Runyon Jr., I saw that he wasn't taking the number one reps at left guard yesterday, and that's really intriguing to me. Are they going to really play Zach Tom there at left guard? I don't know if it's just they were getting a look at him there. I'm not exactly sure what that was about, but that's something to keep an eye on. They can shuffle this all around. They really can. And I think that's what Elton Jenkins coming back gives you the ability to do is the Packers really can look at this and say, what's our best lineup of four? What is our best lineup of four guys that we can put together and will make them the most solid? 
You know, if it's Nijman at left tackle, Runyon at left guard, Myers and then Newman at right guard, okay, then we'll just plug in Jenkins at right tackle. Is it something where you need him to go back and play left guard because you're confident with someone else stepping in and playing right tackle? Whatever the case may be, that's what's so nice about the flexibility that you get with having Elton Jenkins back. And another guy that you have, too, is Zach Tom, who's shown that he can play multiple positions as well. So I'm interested to see what exactly they decide to do on that offensive line. Obviously, you can't be fully 100% until David Bakhtiari is able to return. But up until then, I think that they're going to have a solid unit up there. I think then the other question marks were the receiving options. Tight end. Can Josiah DeGuara really take a step forward and be someone that can catch the ball? Maybe not as a tight end, but more as an H-back, a move guy. He showed a little bit of that in the first preseason game. Can Tyler Davis? Well, I don't even need to hit on Tyler Davis. He had a pretty poor day. We talked about him maybe being someone that can be a pass-catching tight end for you, and he's the reason that Jordan Love had one of those picks. Look, I think the ball placement on that was pretty poor. You know, Jordan Love drops back in an empty set, looks to his right, two guys break on the football, he throws it a little bit high. I think he's got to do a better job protecting Tyler Davis there. If Aaron Rodgers is making that throw, that thing's probably low to the ground. So you got to do a little bit better job of protecting your guy there. But either way, throws it a little high, goes right through Tyler Davis's hands and off of his face mask and straight up into the air and gets picked off. How much of that goes on to Jordan Love? Sure, again, the ball placement was not spectacular, but still hits the guy or at least goes right through the guy's hands. Got to make that catch. So I don't know what Tyler Davis is going to give you. I don't think that you really want to see him getting tons and tons of regular season action. So now getting Tunyon back really helps you there. It really helps you because that's going to give you that receiving threat that you haven't had at tight end yet. You haven't had that guy yet. And Tunyon can step in into a bigger role because of the targets left from Devontae Adams, and he can step in and have the biggest role he's had throughout his career, and there's really no limit to what he can help this offense do. Sky's the limit with Robert Tunyon this year. Not saying just because of his talent, which I think he's a talented tight end, but because of just the opportunity in front of him. I think he could be a top 10. I don't know that he could get to top 5, but I think he could be knocking on the door there of being a top 5 type tight end this year. With the opportunity that's in front of him, if he can take full advantage of it, why couldn't it be right there in that maybe 7 or 8 range as the tight end on this football team when there's really no clear number 1 wide receiver option? Look, I think we can talk about Alan Lazard all we want. I think he's going to be end up being the number 1 receiver to start the year, but I think it's a number one by default. I think it's a number one because that's what he just has to be. I think he's going to be the most comfortable in the offense, and he's going to be the best boundary-type receiver, so you're going to be able to play him at that number one slot. I don't know that he finishes the season there. I think you could see Romeo Dubs, if he continues to show what he's shown throughout training camp and in the preseason, maybe at the end of the year, if everything goes right and he continues to grow and get more comfortable and build that relationship and chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, maybe he ends up being the number one receiver. 
I want to see what Christian Watson can do. But I think that's why getting these three guys back is huge because it answers a lot of the questions for this offense or at least gives you a little more confidence in this offense. I don't know if it fully answers the questions, but at least gives you some confidence that the answer might be there. So I'm interested to see what these guys can do now that they come back off the injury. Is it something that they'll be ready to go week one? I don't even know if I'm all that worried if they're not ready to go week one. I want to see them at least get out on the field early on, and if they're if it's that they don't get back out on the field until week three or week two, that's fine. Just get back on the field early on in the season, and I think that's a positive because we didn't know about Jenkins, we didn't know about Tunyon, and now those guys both come off the PUP list right now. Gives you a chance to have them for a majority of the season, and if that's the case, I think a lot of Packers fans would be thrilled knowing that those guys would be back and are going to play 14, 15, maybe even 16, and maybe all 17 games for the Packers this season. I think if you told them that any one of those guys would have the chance to do that, they'd be thrilled, much less all three. So I'm excited to see what those guys can do, and that's why I think that that's the biggest news of the weekend, getting those three dudes off PUP. 414-677-1250. Again, 414-677-1250. Let's get out to James in Bayview. James, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my gripe about uh, the game was why didn't they have Jordan play uh, Jordan Love play the three quarters for at least the whole game? He needs all the practice he can get. And I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing more of Danny Davis. He looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I thought Danny Davis did look good. I don't know if I would say that they need to play any of the, the top guys, but I did think Danny Davis looked good. I thought that... He's going to have a chance. I don't know that he makes the roster because I just think it's an uphill battle for him, too big of an uphill battle. I appreciate the phone call. But I, I thought he looked good. He, I mean, the coaching staff and all the guys seem pretty happy with him. Again, I don't know that he makes the roster, but maybe it's something that he gets on the practice squad and can hang around, and maybe he gets a shot eventually. Here's the other question I have with this team, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Who do they keep at wide receiver? This is where it gets interesting. Because when it comes down to it, when you gets cut down to the 53, who's going to end up making it? So who are the locks for this roster? I think right now I would put five locks, right? You've got Lazard and Cobb, and then you've got Dubs, you've got Watson, and you've got Amari Rogers. So that's five right there. So then who are the other guys? Samari Torre, you've got Jawan Winfrey, Danny Davis is in there, Sammy Watkins. If you've already got five locks, how many are you keeping? Six or seven? And only one of those guys is playing special teams or what do they call it? We fence? What the heck is that? <laughs> it's special teams. Yes. So only one of those guys is playing special teams. In, is that what they're calling it? We fence? I guess so. I don't know what they're calling oh, it. Oh, gosh. We fence? That seems like something you would make up. Hey, hey now. <laughs> we fence. Is it special teams? No, it's we fence. What the heck is that? But you've got five guaranteed. One guy plays teams at this time. So you're going to need guys that are going to play on the special teams unit. So is that Torre keeping him around, the seventh rounder out of Nebraska? I don't know, maybe, but that makes six. If you keep Watkins, that's six guys. One of them plays teams. 
unless you're going to put Watson or Dobbs out there, and I don't think they can risk that, right? Like, there's no way they're playing Romeo Dobbs on special teams, right? And there's no way they're playing Christian Watson, and you're not playing Cobb, and you're not playing Lazard. So that leaves Amari Rodgers as your only special teams wide receiver if you keep Watkins out of six. So then do you keep seven so you can have two? I don't know. So this idea that, and maybe they tipped their hand already by not playing him the first preseason game, but are we 100% certain that Sammy Watkins is making this roster? Maybe they tipped their hand by saying that because they didn't play him, that he's automatically making the roster. Is that what they're saying? Or I don't know. Gut feeling right now, Tim, is Sammy Watkins on this team week one? Yes. I kind of think no. I, I don't see a reason why. Romeo Dobbs gave you someone that can step in right away and be a boundary wide receiver from the get-go. I think so. I still need to see more, but more than likely, he's probably showed them that he can be a guy. And if that's the point, then what, what are you keeping him around for? Because right now, this would be your starting lineup. You would have Lazard on the outside as your number one, Cobb in the slot, Dobbs as your number two on the outside. Are you keeping him around as your number three on the outside? And then you still have Watson and you have Rodgers as your backup in the slot? I just don't feel like that's going to happen. I feel like they're more likely to keep Jawan Winfrey. Wouldn't you think that that's the case? Because they've seen that Winfrey can at least give you a little bit of something. And Rodgers seems to like Winfrey. How much of Rodgers actually worked out with Watkins? That's the other question. Watkins missed OTAs, which granted, not like Rodgers was there either. But he started the training camp injured only for a couple of days. But how much have they actually worked out together? Because if they don't have a built-up chemistry, then maybe it all doesn't matter. Maybe it's just something that he ends up getting cut either way. Because Winfrey, I know for a fact, has some chemistry with Rodgers. Because they've at least played together. Not saying it's like a great chemistry or anything, but they've at least played together, so you know that they have at least a little bit. So maybe there's six. If I had to pick right now, this is the six I would take. The five locks. So again, Lazard, Cobb, Watson, Dobbs, Rodgers. And then I'd probably go Winfrey. I probably would. Over Watkins. That contract allows you to cut him. And I'd rather have someone that has a chemistry with Aaron Rodgers as that fourth or fifth wide receiver than I would a guy that's going to have to work on it because he's not going to get loads and loads of time with Aaron on the field to try and gain that chemistry and try and work it out. So I'm going to take Winfrey there. I just don't think that there's any way that they could keep... Do you think they keep seven? I don't know because then if they keep seven... Is Winfrey playing special teams? Yeah, you would imagine. He'd have to. One does, uh, like Amari does punt return or kickoff returns, and Winfrey Am- does punt? Well, uh, it, or both? Either way, Amari's yeah. doing special teams. I'm talking just even in general, not even talking just returns. Just because Rico Gafford was yeah. doing something. But, pff, dude, Rico Gafford just got cooked in that game when he was playing corner. Did you see that? Yeah. When he got. <laughs> yeah. You know who that reminded me of? That reminded me of, uh, <laughs> who was it that got routed in that Bills-Chiefs game? Gabriel Davis did mm-hmm. that to somebody, 
in that Bills and Chiefs game to score a touchdown, if you remember. I don't remember who the corner was. But same exact route, same exact results. Corner ends up on their butt. Rico Gafford got absolutely destroyed on that route. Looked like it was wide open. But in reality, it was just that the receiver absolutely destroyed Rico Gafford. But I don't. does he make this football team just as a returner? There's a lot of question marks on that, on like the 53 and where do these guys fit in. The other question for me, too, I don't know that we got a whole lot of answers about this, but I saw a lot about yesterday's practice being tweeted out. Who's that third edge rusher? Because that's a big position. That's a big one. It's not one of those things that's talked about a whole lot, but having depth at those pass rushing positions is really important. Because these guys need to rotate in and out. Rashawn Gary's not playing 100% of the snaps. So when Rashawn Gary's on the sideline, who's coming in? Kingsley Inigbari apparently looked really good in practice yesterday. Is that something that he's going to continue doing? Is that something that we can expect him to be maybe a number three edge rusher? You just need someone to come in and make an impact. Not saying that they're going to be a top guy, but someone that can come in there and make at least a little bit of something, even if it's just an energy spark plug guy that's chasing things down on the backside and all those things happening. Just a guy that can give you some energy. Who's that guy going to be? There's an opportunity there. The corners were a little bit atrocious on Friday. Then again, none of the top three guys played the safety spot, a third safety. I think that's open as well. So I think there's a lot that is interesting on this team. And if nothing else, when we break down all of these preseason games, maybe we're not looking at the starters. I think maybe it's a lot of speculation similar to what we've been doing all offseason. Looking at it and saying, I think this guy could play here. or This guy could do this or you know, whatever you want to say. I think a lot of it's still going to be speculation. But I think when you look at it in terms of who's making the 53-man roster, I think that's what we're going to be looking at over these preseason games. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to break down with the ones because I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to change his philosophy. Now, whether that's the right philosophy or not, that's yet to be determined. We already saw last year what his philosophy was, and they got spanked 38-3 to in the opener. So there is going to be some definite eyes on that first game to see, all right, is this the wrong philosophy to have, or is this something that it was a one-year fluke and we learned from it? So I'm very interested to see exactly what happens in week one. And it also helps, too, that you're going up against the divisional rival in the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. That's going to add some intrigue into that game. That's going to add that juice that maybe lacked last year when you went down to Jacksonville to take on the Saints. It's going to add some juice. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go into Minnesota and get beaten week one. If anything, you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to have those guys motivated. Ready or not, who knows? But they will be motivated. So I'm excited for this season to just be here now. We're breaking down NFL action. And if you want to break down Jordan Love and tell me what you thought about him, feel free, 414-677-1250. Or we can talk about the entire game in general. I don't know that there's, again, I don't know that there's anything that stood out to me in particular that was like, oh, man, that's what we got to talk about on Monday. But... Plenty of things that we can discuss about this Packers football team. We'll continue talking about the Green Bay Packers with you guys. Again, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. 
More Packers talk on the Bart Winkler Morning Show comes up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bart Winkler Morning Show, Green and Yellow by Lil Wayne. What gets you more fired up, this or G-Force? That's close. I mean, this is a good song, but G-Force is good, too. Yeah, this is great. Let's hear G-Force, too, because that one's great, too. I think we need to hear a Tim Shea version of this. And maybe Green and Yellow, too. Come on, Tim. <laughs> I'll record it. I'll yes. record a version. How about that? Yes. i tell you what. Those are good songs. I like those. I think they're good. I, oh, yeah. They are. Yeah, Which one gets you more fired up, though? I think it's green and yellow gets yeah. me. That one's awesome. Yeah. I think the G-Force is like a brief second to get you fired up. Green and yellow just like puts you in a good mood. Yeah. Like ready to rock. Yeah. So I, I think that's what I'll go with. Talking about the Green Bay Packers here. 
on the Bart Winkler Morning Show, 414-677-1250, if you want to hop in on the conversation, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. I'm interested to see what this defense looks like, too. I don't know that there was a whole lot we could take away from what you saw in the 49ers game in that first preseason game, because really no one played. Outside of, what, Quay Walker? I mean, there were no starters playing. I'm interested to see what they can look like this week in joint practices and what you hear up in Green Bay. Because now you're going to go up against some of the ones, and you're actually going to see what they can look like against other ones. I really am interested to see how good this defense can be because I think a lot is going to ride on this defense. I think this offense is going to be up and down, something that maybe you haven't seen in Green Bay in a while, an offense that can be a little bit inconsistent. I think that's the only way that you're going to see this offense. I don't see a way that they're going to be just this stellar unit. I think they are going to be a little up and down and up and down because I think that's just the way it's going to go. I think that's the nature of the beast when you go with this type of a unit where you're rolling with a bunch of non-number one type receivers and a bunch of rookies. I just kind of think that's where it's going to go. I think the steadying force is going to have to be those running backs. Like You're going to have to for sure get the best out of them or this offense could be very up and down. Let's hear a little bit from Matt LaFleur. He talked after that opening game, and he talked a little bit about those running backs. Here's Matt LaFleur after that first preseason game. They, they ran hard, and I thought they made some plays in the passing game. Um, certainly there was a couple drops, uh, but, you know, B.J. Baylor made a heck of a catch on that third down from Danny. Um, I thought Goodson had showed some nice moves out there, and Dexter had a, a big run. Um, so I thought... You know, all three of those guys did a great job. Patrick Taylor did a nice job when called upon to step up in there and convert, uh, you know, some good runs as well as did a nice job in pass pro. And that's obviously talking about the guys that played in that first preseason game, not talking about Jones and Dylan. But I think it's important to consider, too, that if Jones and Dylan are going to get used a lot, then that obviously opens them up to a possibility of injury or one of those guys going down. So that means that. You're going to have to have a guy that's in the wings ready to go, and I think seeing these guys in the preseason is going to be important because that third running back is going to be another one that's important too. Usually it's just having those two, but I think having a third guy for the Packers in the way that they're going to have to use Dylan and Jones will give them more confidence to kind of free things up, and I think it's important that they have a third guy who's reliable as well. Here's Matt LaFleur also talking about Jordan Love's performance because I think this is interesting to hear from the coach's perspective, obviously we can give our takes, but how did the coach feel that Jordan Love did? You know, I thought there was a lot of good out there. I thought um, all three interceptions were pretty unfortunate. The one down in the red zone, definitely a drop ball on that play, and same with Dobbs. I mean, the way – and I know that was going to be a circus catch by, by Romeo, and it was just unfortunate that um, the ball landed like that. So uh, you can take – to me, you take those two out of it and then – the last one on the, the third down, um, you know, we had two busted routes on that play. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Certainly, he, I know he's going to want a couple of those th- of the throws back and certainly some of the reads, but it's never perfect for a quarterback. But I thought, by and large, just watching the things like 
you know, how the operation was. It was a smooth operation. I thought he got us in and out of the huddle extremely uh, crisp and with urgency. Um, you know, I thought he made some off-schedule plays. He showed some some nice, nice athleticism on a couple of those runs as well. And um, so there was a lot of good good things out there from Jordan. Just the poise that he showed in the pocket, that's something that we were looking at. And, um, you know, overall, I thought I, just the process of everything, I thought was uh, a, a pretty good first step for him. And how much do those three picks do detract from the good things they did, though? Well, I, I, again, I think two of those, you can totally take off them. The, the third one, again, we had two busted routes because the ball really shouldn't have gone there. Um, on that play, but he had nowhere else to go to the football, and he forced it in there, and, you know, the defender made a good play, but, uh, you know, we, we just got to clean up everything around him. A lot of times, we say it all the time about quarterbacks. They're going to get too much credit when we do well, and they're going to get a lot of the blame when we don't, and that's just the reality of playing that position in this league, And um, but I, I was pleased with Jordan's performance. I thought it was interesting there at the beginning of that. I want to get to your phone call in just a second. Do you think that he's like covering for Jordan Love there? Obviously, we we can look back at the film. Obviously, the first two picks weren't really his fault. But he he kind of throws some other guys under the bus. He didn't really throw Dobbs under the bus. As that, that's kind of whatever, and it was going to be a circus catch by him. But talks about the Tyler Davis one. Yeah, it's a drop ball. Next one or the last one, yeah, two busted routes. Rogers runs the wrong route there. Is he just like sticking up for Jordan Love to try a and help little. his ego? A or little. It's a little weird to throw the other guys under the bus. Maybe, for maybe not making sure that we don't overreact. Yeah, the, for sure. You know, just. I mean, I think we could see too that yeah. like uh, that third one is the only one, but the first two for sure were like, all right, well. I don't feel like there was an issue there. It was obviously something that didn't go the Packers' way. I don't know. I, I just thought that was interesting. But I think overall, and Lafleur brought it up too, and we talked about it, I think the main thing for this, you wanted to see him perform well. And I thought overall his performance was average. But you saw him more confident, him getting in out of the huddle, him having confidence at the line of scrimmage him taking snaps, handoffs, all that stuff. I thought he looked much more comfortable than he had in the past, so I thought that was really important because I think that was the main thing that you were looking for, at least for me, is is he looking more confident? Is he looking like a guy that if everything went wrong and Rodgers is out, could at least just step in and still right the ship? And I think he could. I think he could step in right now and help this football team. I don't know that he's going to step in and lead you to a win or he's going to be – the bus driver for a win, but I don't think he's going to be like he was in years past where he stepped into that Kansas City game and it was like, we're going to war with a dude that doesn't even believe in himself, so why should I have confidence? I think now he's got the confidence in himself, in this offense, in running this offense, that he could step out there and help out this team if need be. So I'm fine with where he was. I think you build upon this. One thing with Jordan Love... I don't know if this is just me. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim. Jordan Love seems like the kind of guy that we can look at him in preseason reps and we can see him in small sample sizes. He looks like a guy to me that just needs to play for six, seven, eight straight weeks, and then he'd figure it out and he'd be rolling. I agree. I agree. It's it's one thing to play in preseason. 
you know, against second, third, fourth stringers. It's another thing to play in games. Like, and, I, if you put him out there and start, it's not going to happen, but if you put him out there and started him week one and said, you know, you're starting the season, I think by week eight, nine, ten, maybe even before that, you'd start seeing, wow, this dude is special. He just has that feel to me that, like, you can go through all these things and you can practice and you can play in the preseason, you can do all these things, but he just needs to play. And I think once he gets that opportunity to play for an extended amount of time, I think you'll see some of those special traits. We can dissect every throw. We can dissect all of this and break it all down. I think ultimately when it comes down to it, he just needs the experience and to learn from it. And maybe that's what he'll get this entire preseason by playing all these snaps is getting that experience and ready to go. But I think if you gave this guy an extended period, you'd see him emerge as a above average NFL starter. I don't want to put the ceiling too high for him. I don't want to say that he's going to be another Hall of Famer for the Packers. I don't want to say any of that. But I think he's an above average NFL starter, and I think you see flashes of that. And I think part of it is just you got to play a little bit before you can be fully comfortable and fully locked in. And he just hasn't had that opportunity yet. But I think if you gave him that opportunity, you could absolutely see him be an above average NFL starter. 414-677-1250. Let's get out to our friend Notebook Mike. Mike, what's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going, Mike? You know what? What? If I hear that Scrub It Up song from Bardigan, I'm going to slip my wrist. Whoa. I'm working on my own Scrub It Up song. And I'm still waiting on a guitarist and a drummer, but I have no words. And I'm telling the face, I have no words. But that anyway. wasn't even Bart singing that. That was Tim Shea. That's it. It was Tim. Come on, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, now we're all good. <laughs> okay. So, so, do you want to hear Bart's version? Is that what you're asking for? You want to hear Bart scrub it up? Would, no, I don't want to hear. No, I don't. I, I'm turning my radio off after this call. You know, Scrub it it's up. hard to tell how your team's going to do after one preseason game. You don't want to hear Bart's Scrub It Up song? You sure? No, 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 no. I'm playing it for no. you after you hang up, Mike. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You watch. Play in the background. Here, here, hold on. <laughs> I'll play in the background for you. Scrub it up. All right, go ahead, Mike. Well, anyway, Robert Tanyan, I mean, really? How many games has this guy played since we had him? Ten? <laughs> I mean, he's played a decent bit. What's your guess? I'm, I'm saying ten. That he's played for the Packers? Yeah. He's played more than that. Come on. I mean, well, you're going to look it up when I get off there, but I, I just don't understand. You have an MVP quarterback. You're talking Tom Brady, Rodgers the Kansas City group and the San Francisco group. His rookie season, he played 16 games. He played 16 games his rookie year, 11 games the next, 16 games the year before that, and then eight last year. So it went up and then down, though. I mean, he he had a big role uh, two years ago and was going to have a big role again last year, and he got hurt. I mean, there's not not a whole lot you can do about that. But that group down in Tampa, like I said, in San Fran and Kansas City, they all got a top flight, you know, uh, tight end. When you have an MVP, you need a top flight tight end. Yeah. That can stay on the field. That's I mean, do you, so you don't have any faith that Tunyon can be that guy? No. 
No, I've called many a time the fan and every show. I have no faith. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I see him being in that same conversation with Kelsey and Kittle and those guys, but I think he can be a tier 2B, tier 3 type tight end, and I think that's good enough. The two teams I just mentioned, one was in the Super Bowl and won it. One was on the cusp, and the other one was on the cusp. It was in a Super Bowl, Kansas City. So, I mean... (laughs) Someday the someday the bell will go on, or they'll turn the light on and figure out what they're doing, I guess. Just my opinion, you know. Yeah, no problem. Mike, appreciate the phone call, man. Okay, love you guys. We love you too, Mike. 414-677-1250. Again, 414-677-1250. You want to hop in on the conversation. Do want to continue to hear from Matt LaFleur and what he had to say after that first preseason game. Here's what he had to say about Amari Rodgers and that kick return. Yeah, no, that was a great moment. Uh, certainly, he, he set up the return. It was well blocked. And I think the hardest hit came when he got to the sideline and Rashawn Gary knocked him on his butt. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I noticed, that it was really odd. He gets down there. He runs his kickoff all the way back. What was it, a 50-yard return? He gets down the sideline, and he said, Rich Bisaccia, look out, and Rich Bisaccia's bro- he gets down there and Rashawn Gary levels him. Just, just an elbow and bo- <laughs> just, biggest hit of the game. Probably. Let's go. Levels the guy. <laughs> oh, he was getting beat up this week by uh, Basaccia or however you pronounce his name. Yeah, Basaccia. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was getting some, getting some lip from him this week, just from, you know, not not playing well. So, well, and I think rightfully so. I, I do. Like, he needs to be. He he, he needed that return. Well, he needs that. He's drafted to be a guy, so he needs to be something. He really does. One guy that has showed out during training camp and played really well has been Romeo Dobbs. Here's what Matt LaFleur had to say about his touchdown grab. Yeah, that was a great moment. You know, they played man coverage, and um, he he went off the line of scrimmage, and it was one of those where he went so so big, it's like you, you don't want to miss the layup, and Jordan did a nice job of giving him a catchable ball, and Romeo finished it. Don't you take for granted how good that Rodgers and Devontae were? You kind of take that for granted. It's like where all they have to do is just look at each other and they know what's you know. They make what it to look do. so special because uh-huh. it all worked out eventually for Love and Dobbs. But he had him on what the player two before, and he just missed him. And Dobbs made it look so easy too. In slide slot fade route, just jukes his guy out of his shoes. Didn't stand a chance. Next thing you know, he's gone for a touchdown. And Jordan Love, again, so wide open, like LaFleur said, you kind of can't miss the guy at that point. But those are the kind of things that give you some hope. That's a That was a huge part of what Devontae did for that football team was he'd run that route, that specific route, a slot fade. It's a simple route. Go one-on-one with the corner or the safety or whoever comes down to cover you. Make a move and get by him. And you saw Romeo Dobbs just... Once he got past, he exploded past him. There was no chance. So, I mean, can he maybe take over some of that? I mean, there are going to be plenty of opportunities, but if you can find guys that can fill in in specific spots where Devontae was special, maybe you can have a team that can work together to make up for him being gone. I don't know that you're ever going to be fully over losing Devontae Adams. But I think you can put together a unit of guys to work together 
and they can find a way. Speaking of a unit working together, Matt LaFleur also talked about the offensive line, which the starters did play. That was one of the few places where they played their number one players was across that offensive line. Here's what Matt LaFleur had to say about the O-line. I thought our offensive line did a much better job. I thought they held up really nicely uh, throughout the course of the game. Certainly there's it, it, wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Uh, there are a couple of runs that I think that we could have blocked up a little bit better, but by and large, I thought they did, they did a nice job. I, I was really happy with the effort the guys gave um, really in, in every phase. I thought the guys were were competing, playing playing with great urgency, playing with great effort, playing together. Um, nobody was kind of making up their own stuff out there, which tends to happen sometimes when you get your first exposure in, in a you know NFL football game, a preseason game. And so I thought, by and large, the guys did a nice job. And that's why I think that this offensive line can be fine. I think collectively as a unit, they'll be solid. Would you like to see Bakhtiari back over Yash Nijman? Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to see Jenkins back at left guard over John Runyon Jr. or Zach Tom? Yeah, sure. I think all those things can be true. I think that's fine. But when you look at what they are able to do as a unit together, what they did last season together as a unit, I have every reason to believe that they can do it again this year and still be a solid enough unit to get things done. You know, you work together on that offensive line, you're not freelancing, then you can accomplish a whole lot more when you're working as that unit, then even five guys who are maybe more talented but aren't working together. So I'm interested to see what this O-line can be. Now you get Jenkins back, and I think that does solidify a lot for this Packers offensive line. Just a couple more things from LaFleur. Here he is talking about the defense in the game. Yeah, so uh, one of them, certainly, uh, again, we, we went up and challenged him, and the receiver made a nice move off the line of scrimmage, similar to what Romeo scored his touchdown on. And then the other one, it looked like uh, Rico slipped or something back there on the back end. So I thought the first half, if you look at the first half, uh, you know, they gave we gave up two big-time plays, and then we had the three turnovers on offense. And that ultimately was the difference in the game. Looked like Rico slipped. No, Rico got his ankle snatched. That dude just got <laughs> destroyed on that route. But, I, again, we can talk about the defense and what they did in that first preseason game. Don't know that there's a whole lot. There wasn't your starting unit. I mean, you want to see the backups play well, but when they're playing their guys, I don't know. I, I didn't have a whole lot to take away from that. One more thing here from Matt LaFleur. Talked about what they're going to be doing this week at their joint practices. Certainly going against a team that, you know, we got a lot of respect for. Um, you know, they put it. Ellen's pretty good last year, and um, they're a talent. That's a talented roster, so it'll be a great test to see kind of where we stand against a team that you know, like I said before, we got a lot of respect for. The Saints are interesting because over the last couple of seasons, I really felt like they were one of the better rosters overall in football, especially those last couple of years with Drew Brees. I thought they had possibly the best roster in all of football, and I continue to think that they would be better than what they ended up being. Now they've got Jameis Winston, uh, and I think they've kind of taken a step backward in terms of how good their roster is. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting. you got Dennis Allen there who always seems to give fits to Tom Brady and his scheme. So maybe this will be a good thing for Aaron Rodgers to have at least a little bit. I don't know that you're going to get complex with all this. So I don't know that they're going to be doing anything too crazy. But 
you know, solid defense to go up against for this offense. And all right. I mean, this is the team that you just got spanked by last year in week one. So, I mean, you're going to have respect for them. You're going to at least have a different look to go up against this defense for. So I'm excited for what this week can mean for these practices. Can they really take the steps forward that they need to this week to the point that they look at that third preseason game and say, yeah, we don't need to play any of our guys because that's still up in the air. I don't know that they're going to play any of their guys. I still don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to want to play in that. But if you can at least go out there and get some solid work in against the Saints this week, you're going to feel a lot better going into week one if you've got solid work against them and not playing in the preseason than if you end up stinking and they're forced to play in that third preseason game. I'd rather them not play at all in the preseason games, get their good work in this week against the Saints. And, I mean, that's what this is all for. It really is what this is all for. So it's going to be an exciting week to check that out. Joint practices for the Packers, and then Friday's preseason game at Lambeau Field between the Packers and the Saints. going to be an exciting week to keep up with them. As we wrap up today, I want to look ahead to tonight. The Brewers, they got the Dodgers in town it's going to be a tough one. The Brewers are going to have Freddie on the mound. What do we expect out of Freddie tonight? You think he goes six, seven? I think he's almost back to being yeah. fully back. Six, six would be nice because what? He's gone five, I think. Well, and I think the pitch, the pitch count has been what, like eighty-five, ninety? Yeah. I think he gets that maybe up to this full, full usage now. So basically, no limit. You know, that might still just mean he goes 90, 95 pitches. But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see six innings out of him. They go up against Julio Urias. Ooh, another left-handed pitcher. So As if they don't struggle enough against lefties. The Brewers will lose, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, you saw what happened when they went up against Jordan Montgomery and what was that, a second start for the Cardinals? And he absolutely destroyed the Yankees. Did pretty much the same thing to the Brewers. Now they go up against another lefty, Julio Arias, who comes into this one Oof. with a 2.49 ERA, 0.97 WHIP, 12 and six record. It's gonna be a tough one for yeah. the crew to win tonight. Yep, it really is. Oh, they can. They need to find a way to pull this one out. I they think. do. Well, because the rest of it doesn't get any easier. Set the tone. Set the tone right off the bat here. It doesn't get any easier. I think they've got what Gonsolin still. Uh, they've got. Pretty much. The Dodgers are crazy in that they're missing Kershaw. He's not going to pitch this series. They're not going to be pitching Walker Bueller, who's really been their ace over the last couple of years. And they're still going to throw out a Ryan, pitching staff that might be better than the Brewers. Ryan uh, Pepio. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yep. He's, He's one going of their tomorrow. prospects. Yeah. And then on uh, Wednesday, it will be uh, Tony Goslin. Yep. And then Thursday, it will be uh, Andrew Haney. Oh, another lefty. Yep. Against Corbin. <laughs> so they're pitching two lefties. Another lefty, another lefty. Jeez, this is crazy. Well, hopefully the Brewers can at least get, what, two out of four? I'd love to see three out of four, but who knows? Maybe two that's and too two, lofty. Two and two is the goal, right? <sighs> I need three and one. That's really what I need, but who knows? It's going to do it for the Bart Winkler Show today. Coming up next, make sure you keep it tuned here to 1250 AM, The Fan. Wendy's Big Show with Sparky Pfeiffer right back in the host seat. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 6. See you later. Look at me now. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.